All right, what's up, Podcast America? Welcome to episode 44 of The Enlightened Neanderthals. And before we get into the show notes, we will talk Marvel Universe of Electric North Jiu-Jitsu podcasts. We have the Grandmaster, Greg Anderson, and the Endless Endeavor. There is Christy Campbell and Coffee Talk, Danny Leyland and the White Belt, White Belt Mafia, and Tyler Stanaway and the Compassionate Viking. And, and I always, Will. Will, no, I say, I always forget one somehow. Will and the uh, Patriotic, Patriotic Islander. Islander. And you can find all of those on all major platforms, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Um, go check them out. See if you like one or two of them and Fill give up them your a week. follow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, it's, a, it's a lot of content to consume. You're going to have to pick one or two. Um, of course, the Enlightened Neanderthals should be your number one. But uh, No doubt. Yeah. Step so anyway, aside, Greg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So this was uh, Jordan and I sat down today. Mike is out doing uh, family stuff, and we just wanted to nerd out on some uh, hot hunting talk because we're already we're already there. Turkey season, spring turkey season is coming up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about that. We talked about rifles a little bit. We talked about just kind of gear, um, what we want. It didn't go a whole. A lot of places, but you know, it's it's the way we talk. This is an so. episode for the uh, the hunting enthusiasts. Yeah. So enjoy the show, you guys. All right, episode forty four now. I think forty four Magnum, forty four Magnum, which uh, is fitting because we're going to talk about hunting gear because we're already coming up on turkey season for two thousand twenty four, provided that the United States does not devolve into like a Balkan civil war type situation. Mm-hmm. Because oh. if that happens, hunting season's coming early. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Nobody's going to stop me. So uh, it, turkey's in April, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm excited because uh, Nathan's coming with us again. He's excited. And I bought a new shotgun, which is always fun. I bought that Mossberg 500 specifically made for turkey hunting. So in my opinion, mm-hmm. everybody should have one of two shotguns. A Mossberg? Or an 870. Or an 870. A 500 or an 870. Absolutely. And, I mean, there's... And I, you know why I learned this? Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've always loved the a pump shotgun, right? Yep. A good classic pump shotgun. The, the 870 cannot be beat for reliability. I'm a big fan of that Mossberg. I, I am becoming <laughs> also just because it, it has a couple features on it that are a little more ergonomic. Than, the tang safety is yeah, clutch. Yeah, having that safety under your thumb instead of at the trigger guard mm-hmm. is really nice. And they got, I think the extractor claws are, they have a dual extractor claw setup. Yeah. I also like that when you flip it over to load more shells into the magazine, rather than having that little spring-loaded flap, it's an open for lack of a better word, so like there's there's nothing covering that opening, yeah. so it's it's much easier to just drop the shell in there and slam it forward into the into the magazine. There's a little less fine motor skill if you're trying to do it quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but the the clutch thing about having a nice old just trusty rusty shotgun you don't care is you don't care yeah. and um, it's gonna work yeah. right for the most part. And they're inexpensive enough to pick a new one up every couple years, every couple seasons. And I I went hunting with uh, Mike one time, and he didn't exactly tell me where we were going, I don't think. He was like, oh, we're going to this area we're meeting here. Mm-hmm. I, and we get out there, and then we're starting to walk into salt water. Oh, man. And I have my $2,000 yeah. shotgun, and I was just like, Fuck. this is going to suck. Yeah. And we get out there, and... <clears throat> 
I, I realized it, so I kind of tried to keep it up out of the water and stuff. But yeah. when you're, you know, walking through Shinhai water and yeah, the yeah. tide's moving and all that, yep. like, you're going to get wet and you're going to get salty. So just, Is that shotgun just done for now? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. I, I took it and I cleaned it and everything. But then we went turkey hunting mm-hmm. with it. And, I mean, it's it's the it's the um, Beretta um, A400 Extreme. So it's a fucking phenomenal shotgun. Yeah. Um, it's got the... The mid bead on the uh, barrel on the rib that I, re- I really like having two beads. Um, oh yeah, instead aiming, of just the aiming beads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's an awesome shotgun. But when we took it turkey hunting, it fucking pissed rain oh, on no. us. And I thought, eh, you know, I got enough oil on there. It's not that big of a deal. And yeah. when you're getting back and you got all this different shit going on. You kind of end up going, oh, it, it's fine. It's Throw dry. Throw shit in the garage and walk away it, for it's a couple dry. days. Yeah, so, you know, I left it in the, I put it away. Um, and <laughs> it's like, and let it sit. Oh, and Major, Major Robert Rogers would be disappointed Oh, in you. so mad. So mad. I should have just covered it in bear fat. Yep. Um, but, yeah, the, the trigger um, got rusty. Yeah. So I went to pull the trigger on it, and it was like, Oh, no. And just wouldn't click, and then it wouldn't like. I, so I had to take the whole thing apart, scrub it all down, make sure it was all good. Like I, I didn't get the bluing out to like try and blue it and yeah. stuff, but just barely didn't do that. Right. Um. It now it's running flying. I was just gonna There's say, no does, it, does it run even smoother than it did before? Now that you've had a little corrosion on it, and then I, I think it might. Yeah, that, I think it might. It's kind of, but it, they're fucking phenomenal shotguns. Just like out of the box, right? Like there's they they is it a semi-auto or a pump? It's a semi-auto. Okay. Yeah. So and I got that because I was like, "Oh, it'd be cool to take it duck hunting." Yeah. Um it's a badass gun and I also so it shoots three and a half inch shells. Yeah. down to, you know, two and three quarter. Okay. But um I got it cuz it was like I wanted a one shotgun kind of do it all. I can take it goose hunting, I can take it, you know, upland and go yep. for fucking quail if I needed to. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Um, not to say I've done that, but I've kind of done more of the heavier stuff and, like, taking it pheasant hunting and stuff like that. Yep. But anyway, it is really cool to have that a Mossberg 500 or a fucking Remington 870 because of the inexpensive nature of it. You fucking rattle can it and yep. you go out yep. fucking bird hunting. When I first picked up that Mossberg, I was a little... I was a little bent because the the stock and the pump are made out of what feels like kind of cheap plastic. But then I pretty quickly came to that same realization that mm-hmm. this is a shotgun that can go in the bed of the truck or mm-hmm. on the back of the tractor and not give a fuck. Um, my dad took my nice 1022. He loved it for shooting squirrels down at the farm. Yeah. And he's like, hey, can I can I keep this gun? He was, he was so excited about it that I couldn't say no when he asked to keep it down there. Uh-huh. But then I went back, you know, the next time I visited – and I see it, it's just out in the shed, sitting in the little John Deere gator thing. Like, that's clearly where it lives, and it's covered in dirt and shit and whatnot. And I was uh-huh. like, this son of a bitch. But, like, that's that's what that Mossberg is made for. You can leave it in the tractor or leave it in mm-hmm. the gator and let it get dirty and just not give a shit. Like, Those 1022s are pretty good with that. It, it is resilient. It, it didn't lose its zero. Like, for a $12 scope to not lose its zero <laughs> while, while it's rattling around yeah. in the tractor and the gator like that is pretty impressive. Yeah. The, um, well, that's another gun everybody should have, too. A 1022, 100%. Yep. And they were selling them. They were on sale, like, right around Christmas for... I want to say it was like 250 bucks at Tractor Supply. Is that right? Or, yeah, or uh, what is it, Coastal. 
at Coastal, they were like two hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, you got to be kidding me! And I should then, actually go buy two for my kids just yeah. to and put them away just before they ban them because it's a semi-automatic assault weapon or some bullshit yeah. like that. Just to have them uh, stored in the rafters for when my boys are older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all that ban stuff, you can still yeah, you can still get the twenty-two stuff or the rimfire stuff, right? Yeah. For now, um, yeah, for now, for the moment, um, which is absolutely asinine. Yeah, but whatever. Um. All right, so turkey hunting. I don't think we're going to be – sounds like we're not going to be camping out of a backpack. We're camping out of the trucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that makes everything a little bit easier. And actually, I'll, I'm kind of looking forward to being able to travel light during the day. Yeah. Like that shotgun, that's another nice thing about a shotgun. It has no optics, no bipods, no nothing. It just – it weighs nothing. And so to, to only have to pack like a small day pack or maybe just a few things and just shove them in your pockets or whatever – be able to travel light is also very nice. Makes the whole experience really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's bring bringing rain gear just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it is like I have a hip bag, or you know, like a like a lumbar pack. Yep. Um, and I think that that's it's really nice to have like a, a pack that's set up for it. They make turkey hunting packs. Have you seen? They those? do. Uh, Sitka just released one like a uh, a hip belt specifically for turkey hunting and it's got like a little pad that you can sit on yeah you flap down yep That's i was i was thinking it's it's a little clutch. bougie i don't know if yeah. i actually need one but we have a connection with them through training northwest so i was kind of like maybe i'll maybe i'll order one of those up just for just for fun yeah i i saw them they do they do look cool it's nice to have like because it's almost like a vest slash pack yeah right so it has i don't think it has any shoulder straps i might be wrong though Oh, I thought it was. Well, they. I know that they have one that's like, um, it's almost like a vest. So you and it's got spots for all your calls on the front of it, and yeah. like shotgun oh. shells, and then it kind of wraps wraps down around, and it the turns big pocket into, in the back for the bird. It's got. Well, it's got. I think it's got a pocket in the back for the bird, and like some other just, you know, minimal stuff. Okay. And then it's got that little butt pad that you can sit down and kind of lean up against a tree and be kind of pretty well dialed okay. in. I'll have to look because I've become a big fan of like, since we made the connection, I've been slowly using more and more of their equipment. Mm-hmm. And I really, I bought Nathan, uh, I bought him one of their uh, binocular harnesses for Christmas mm-hmm. and I was pretty impressed with the quality of it. And I like that it, they actually took some cues from like uh, military Molly and the modular tight like where you can remove the pockets and rearrange them if you want and add different you know put like a like for turkey hunting you put a little panel of shotgun shells and replace one of the little pouches or whatever so mm-hmm. I, they, they make really good equipment and then like i'm sitting here wearing their jacket that weighs you know less than a pound and is warmer than shit and, yeah yeah what do you what do you think the difference because in like what do you think the difference between hunting gear and military like tactical gear is the hunting gear is what much better. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't say that now because, you know, when I was on active duty, I was on active duty at the end of the Clinton area, area era, when uh, military budgets had been slashed dramatically, and so a lot of our equipment was Vietnam vintage. Uh, you know, oh, like really? the, the old school LCE web gear with the big pistol belt and the the suspenders. You know, uh-huh. and. Greg and I in our platoon, we had, we were one of the few platoons that had actual chest rigs because guys in our platoon had bought sewing machines and big rolls of uh, heavy duty nylon and made chest rigs that looked not that much different from like the, uh, the Viet Cong style ones that those guys were wearing over in, in the, 
1960s. And so because of that, and that's kind of where uh, the business tactical tailor arose from, mm-hmm. not, not specifically the Ranger Battalion, but from guys on Fort Lewis who were just making their own equipment. And so we also had some of the very early edition tactical tailor, uh, we called them racks, Ranger assault carrying kits. But by and large, the 75th Regiment was still wearing the old school LCE at that time. And then we had like shitty Gore-Tex rain jackets and rain pants that we were never allowed to wear anyway, but it didn't fucking matter because they weren't waterproof. And we had heavy sleeping bags and we had, you know what I mean? We had, we had a bunch of just kind of crappy gear. But and all that gear, like it is the same more or less than like, you know, you're not carrying much different gear from like that to hunting. Uh, right I, or I, is there like more yeah. medical or less medical or like I definitely carry less more ammunition i hope yeah well okay so a ranger loadout is going to be heavy on extra rounds for the machine gun or for the mortar tube which that adds you know you, you're mm-hmm. talking 20 pounds right there or maybe 10 to 15 pounds yeah or somebody's got extra batteries for the radio the rto's got the big prick 117 radio which is probably 25 pounds um and the, is everybody kind of buddy carrying everybody else's yeah, gear? Yeah, you'll have like, you'll, you'll, as you're fixing to go out on a patrol, you'll, you'll kind of look at everybody's loadout. And so it's like, okay, we need water. That's, that's a given. We need all our mission essential equipment. So weapons, ammo, grenades, radios, signaling type stuff. And then at the end, it's like, all right, now our rucks are already 55 pounds. Go ahead and throw like a, a poncho liner in there. And then your uh, the actual poncho itself. The poncho was a good piece of equipment if you had a good one, like a new one that hadn't lost all its waterproof material off the. Mm-hmm. Off Is it the like out- DWR or was it like like a nylon or? It was like a thin nylon, lightweight. Had the grommets, you know, you could tie it out okay. to make a make a little shelter. Was one side like would it rub off or yes. would it like yes. flake yeah. off after? Yes, exactly. One okay. side would start to kind of like flake off and that's when it would lose its waterproof. I gotcha. Yep. Yeah. So it's not like a sill nylon type. Exactly. Necessarily. So okay. all, all, and, and I'm sure all this stuff got better throughout the GWAT basically because just more money was injected into the system for equipment. But now the commercial hunting gear that is available is so much better than the equipment we were using on active duty in 2003. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I also like, I, I don't like to walk around, even when I'm out at the range teaching or even when I'm out at the range by myself, I don't like to be dressed like fucking tactical Timmy. Yeah. So I like that I can just get a pair of brown pants from Kuyu or Sitka or wherever. Yeah. And it's a good earth tone color that it, it blends into the woods. Like you don't, you don't need multicam to hide from human eyes. Well, I'm a big, uh, solid guy. Like I, I like Pat, like, I do like some patterns, like camo patterns, yeah. but I'm I'm a more of a solid, um, solid pants, solid tops, you yeah. know. And then I'll get like my outer shell and stuff like that. I'll get camo because I feel like if I don't, it is so nice that I'll wear it in the streets. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah. wear it outside, and it's like, yep. oh, I love this jacket. I'm wearing it <laughs> everywhere, and then all of a sudden, I burn through it way quicker than I would have otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, here where we live in the rainforest where it's kind of dark and gloomy a lot of the time anyway, even my blue jeans are going to kind of blend in just because, not because they're the same color, but because everything's just sort of dark and shadowy. Yeah. So any dark color. Grays is, and Yeah, and exactly. Tones. Is, is just going to sort of disappear in there. Yeah. Um, wh- what, because uh, like with that military mindset of like a lot of guys would come back from from what I heard like 
from war and then they'd go hunting and they'd basically be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to use my fucking, my military rifle. And then they start kind of no, searching no, for. No. Um, you, you can't check out. Well, like the Mauser. Oh, like, I see. They, they, like all of that. Like it, I thought you were per- talking global war on terror. You're talking like World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Like, like how the, that, like bolt action rifles. With like the Model 70 is like a predecessor of like the three Mauser different, gen, you know, generations of the Mauser action. And all of a sudden, yeah, okay. four, four generations later, you have the fucking Model 70. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I, a lot of guys are starting to use, like, AR-10s to go hunting. Are they really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I see, like, um, we got a buddy, Tyler. He fucking uses his. Does he? He uses a uh, AR-10 uh, and 308. And that's why I was, like, kind of debating was, like, do I want to do an AR-10 and 308 or 6.5 Creedmoor? I, w- I want to get a featherweight deer rifle, like a – and I'm fine I, with a bolt gun. Well, so that's what I want is a – bolt gun and that, that i'm that's where we're going with this because i was looking at bolt guns and it's like they have like mountain guns right that yeah. are like six and a half pounds seven yep. pounds yep. and like but what what do you want right do you want a short action do you want a long action do you want to this is the debate i've been having over and over again because i really like the ballistics of the 270 cartridge but it's a long action and I like I I also don't want like a twenty four inch barrel just because it's unwieldy. I don't know why I give a fuck when I'm out in the mountains. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But there's something, there's what? just some little thing that sticks in my brain that says I want to keep the barrel length to like twenty two or twenty inches. Okay, but what? So this is this is I was trying to figure this out. Short action versus long action. Uh-huh. They say a short action is more accurate. Why is that? Because it there's less flex. In the in the chamber itself, yes. Oh, From I, I mean, and I could be fucking absolutely shooting out of left field, but yeah. in in terms of like long distance shooters, I think that's kind of like is it pouring rain right now? It is, is that what fucking I'm dumping rain right now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's the Super Bowl yeah. today as well. Why that matters, I don't know. I just thought about how shitty it'd be to play football outside right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the. Uh, the short action supposedly is a more, I don't, I don't want to say brittle, but more or less doesn't flex as much Okay, from well, what I've heard. So, and because I can't talk you and Mike into hunting elk with a rifle. and I In this state, anyway. Yeah. But I if you want to go to Idaho oh. or Montana or even uh, Wyoming, right, let's all right, go. All right. So that that's why I was leading 270s. It's kind of a one cartridge that can rule them all a little bit. But if if it's a strictly deer rifle, then six point five Creedmoor is on the table, and that is a short action. And also at this point, I, I think those rounds are pretty readily available. Yeah. Oh well, and right now six point five PRC is also. But if you have you looked at the ballistics between uh, uh, two seventy and a six point five PRC, I have not. They are Very damn similar. near identical. Oh, okay. Like, and we've had that one for like eighty five years. The PRC we have? No, no, the or, fucking 270. Oh, 270. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the PRC is relatively new, but it's, a, and everybody kind of looks at it and like oohs and ahs, and it's like, it's tight. Yeah. It's cool, but the I, t- I tend to shy away similar. from new cartridges just because, again, starting in like 2004, 
overseas, it was like next big thing is going to be 6.8 SPC. We're going to all going to get ARs chambered in this. And like, then you'd hear about all these different, these rounds that were going to come and be the next greatest thing. And then they all just sort of fade yeah. away. And, and here we are 6. still 7 using 6.7 Western or something. Or 6.8 Western. And here we are still shit. using 5.56. Five, and so I, I kind of became of this mindset. Lead I, going fast is lead going fast exactly. at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's important to me in a hunting rifle is that every true value hardware store in America has it on the shelf. So then yeah. you get to like 30 out 6, 308, 270, 300 win mag. Yep. And I think maybe 6.5 has arrived there. Now. I think so. Yep. I think it's a classic round now. Yep. Um, well, dude, we need Courtney here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do, right? Um, oh, in fact, we should have her back on. This, yeah. this would be a good one to save yeah. and pick her brain a little bit about. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Well, so... Because I could also, if, if you guys want to do some elk hunting in other states, then that would, I've been dying for an excuse to buy a 300 win mag. And in that, that one, I will go with like a 24-inch barrel and the whole nine yeah. yards because, yeah. I, well... You have to. Yeah. Well, I, I really, I want to do a 300 win mag. I want to do, uh, well, I have a 270, okay. but I'd really like to, and I have a 300 wind mag, but I'd like to get like a 300 wind mag that was like dialed for. The 300 wind mag. Like a cannon. Is going to be I mean? like a spare no, spare no nicety. Yeah. I, in fact, I already have a, a scope that Vortex gave me to put on it. So yeah. really, I just need the rifle. I, I Yeah, I think, and I, I kind of want to do one of those chassis style. When yeah. I do go get that I round, don't like those, I just can't get over the. Aesthetic. Well, there's like there's like a, a happy medium, like uh, Bragara or Bagara, Bagara. Yeah, um, they have one that's like kind of halfway in between. It's kind of halfway, so you get the the like a vertical stock. Or? No, it's not a thumb hole. Like it just the the stock where your hand, uh, your grip goes. Yeah, it kind of wraps down. The vertical pretty, grip is really nice. It wraps down a little more extreme. Yeah. Um, so you can get a good grip on it, like your shooting distance, okay. and then it's got a the stock, the cheek well, kind of it'll it'll rise up adjustable comb. It, yeah, it'll the, thank you yep. adjustable comb. Yeah, uh, so it's That's got what that. You meant to say. That's exactly what I meant to say. Um, so that that to me looks like it's pretty sweet. But then part of me, like Courtney, really got me interested in one to the chassis put, put, a, I know. put a competition gun together yeah. and like go do a part of me does want to hand her a blank check and say like just bring me back a rifle don't tell me what you write on the, the yeah. number box yeah <laughs> it'd be sweet it would absolutely be cool um because it would be fun to go out and do some some of that target stuff but oh, it's also like that's an expensive sport to get Fuck, into dude the ammo alone Forget yeah. forget the cost of the rifle. The the cost of the ammo as you continue to shoot, you know, year after year after year is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, um, and it doesn't get any cheaper really when you hand load. It just gets better. Yeah, like it's like oh, it's not you're just getting a higher quality product because you're if, doing it yourself. If you're able to do it well. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to do get eight beers deep and they're out on the press and. God knows what you're going to come up with. Oh, yeah. Look at this. It's the new thing. I cut down. I loaded these a little hot, boys. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I have a buddy that did that with some uh, oh, forty-five seventy. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on this, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That, I would be a little nervous. Uh, or he's, like, got a squib round in there. And like, yeah. It's like. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of hot rounds, I put some, uh, because I bought that turkey shotgun, I bought some, like, nitro turkey Shotgun shells, uh -huh. holy shit, those things. Oh, up. really? Oh, my God. So You take I, it out to the range? and Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went out. I had some uh, what they call uh, 
club ammo, which is for shooting trap, which is very, very much not hot shells. And so we were shooting at clay pigeons with uh, the club ammo, uh-huh. and it barely, barely registers as a recoil. Yeah. And I was like, oh, let's, I want to, I want to run a few of these expensive turkey rounds just to, I want to see the pattern they make at forty yards or whatever. And those things about take your shoulder off. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> we should do that. We should, uh, you know, we should do that and make a little video or start start doing like stuff like that. Yeah, get a couple of uh, blank targets and just do like 30, 40, 50, 60 yards or even all the way out to 80 just to see what kind of pattern we're getting. Because mm-hmm. that, that's actually something I want to know before we head out into the woods in yeah, April. we definitely need to. Yep. Um, and uh, it, it would be fun to... Go oh, out yeah. and I we I got an electric clay or I should say my father has an electric clay pigeon. Does he? Uh, clay thrower, yeah. So, so like, yeah, and then well, there's two of them, so that'd be three. Oh shit! We go out there and just have them all set up in different spots, and yeah. one of them, one of them goes like this, like back and forth, one and across, then one vertical, well, and then it's got a wobbler on it. Oh, so nice. all of a sudden it does this, and it'll boom, boom, and awesome. shoot them out low or high, or yeah, that'd be fun. Sounds fun. Um. Anywho, the uh, what do you think? Going back to my whole thought on this, what do you think the uh, like as far as guns go? You need for like everybody needs this gun for this particular task when it comes to hunting. Because I'm thinking like the Mossberg. Yeah, a, t- a twelve. I, I would say a reliable twelve gauge shotgun. So. First thing that comes to my mind is an 870, and then the Mossberg 500 immediately after that. Uh-huh. So and I, I got those flipped in I, my head. Either way. In my yeah, head I, and I'm, I'm not going to argue that one, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, no. The I only just, reason I say the 870 is what comes to me first is because that's what I had. I bought my, uh, I think when I was in eighth grade, I bought a 870 20-gauge, which is the shotgun Nathan will be bringing in That's April. awesome. And then uh, all of our breacher shotguns in the Ranger uh, Regiment were cut down 870s. Illegal. Illegal as fuck. <laughs> um, but so I, I, I just know from experience that they work no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had this Mossberg out in the field. But the Mossberg 500 is the model that was used in World War One as a trench shotgun. So there's there's a lot of uh, history of reliability to that model as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, 12 gauge, uh, how about 22? Everybody needs a 1022. If you don't have a 1022, you're not an American. Fuck you. You're yeah. not an American <laughs> citizen. That is, for all you fucking immigrants trying to get your green cards, get a goddamn 1022. That's a requirement. Uh-huh. Well, all the, you know how much fun I've had with Unbelievable. that? Unbelievable. Did, did I send you pictures of that little you did. pistol version we were shooting yeah, it's yesterday? Like, I think that's called the Charger. Charger 22? Yeah. Holy shit, that was fun. With the little, that bipod weighed maybe half a pound and clipped onto the little bezel there at the front of the stock. Yeah, I was wondering how, what that, Dude. that looked. Dude, and then we put, a, we put a Vortex red dot on it. And Just, at, th- at 50 yards, we were shooting probably like a two and a half inch group. Yeah, that's awesome. So awesome. that, like a 22 or... People, what's that, the 17 uh, HMR. HMR? I want one of those badly for shooting squirrels. The problem is those are so high velocity that i got to start worrying about neighbors. With a yeah. twenty two long rifle, I don't have to. The neighbors are far enough away that it's not a concern. With a with a 17 HMR, just with all the velocity, I'd have to be real careful. Yeah, that that is a, that's a sweet little gun, though. Yeah. Have you watched the videos of the guys hunting rats? Uh-uh. <laughs> it's, it's blow them up. Pre- oh, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. Like guys will do night vision with rats, oh, and shoot. they'll shoot twenty twos at them, or yeah, you know, HMRs. Yep. So like a, a nice little rimfire gun, because I, I've gone and uh, 
I don't I don't know if I'm incriminating myself with yeah. the things I've shot with the twenty two. Yeah. But I, I think that's absolute. Absolute you need one. Yep. And I think you should have a twenty two pistol too. Like a little Ruger Mark II. Um again, they're just fun. Mm-hmm. And uh also uh, again out, you know, hunting deer or whatever, if you see a grouse, there's there's some <laughs> fresh meat at dinner time. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. That with that suppressor. Yeah. Man. Yep. And I have my granddad's old uh, high standard twenty two pistol, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, I got a I got a hard on for twenty twos. Yep. I, there's something special about yep. them. It's all I ever wanted to do from like sixth grade until well, about now. Shoot twenty twos. Just keep going. Yep. Yep. I went on a hunt and realized the the difference. After after you go twenty two, you're doing all that. Oh, sorry. Hey, one little little shameful shameless plug for the Vortex optics I sell is Vortex just came out with a new one through six, like a budget one through six. I think they call it the Venom, but it retails for three hundred bucks. That's going on my ten twenty two. Oh, really? Yes. Is it the same size as, or is it a little it, bit more compact? I think or the the shell looks just like the Strike Eagle I have on my AR. Oh, okay. I haven't taken it out of the box yet, but it is. It is, is there destined. a difference between the two, or what? Do you know? It's a second focal plane. It's a little lesser quality. Um, yeah, it's it's just slightly less quality than the Strike Eagle. Okay. And it is the second focal plane. There are advantages and disadvantages to it but for a i just think it'll be fun to have a one power on my 1022 that and then up to six is plenty enough for yeah drilling squirrels at 70 yards or whatever yeah we yeah. we need to go down to the the farm i know dude. and we need to prioritize that this october yeah that'll be fun um that that's where like having some some night vision oh, <laughs> would be so fun yeah and i was i was i'm always every it's like every couple months i'll take a look at night vision and and I see the price tag and move yeah. on. Yeah, it's tough. I did that this morning. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> Night vision is for dentists and active duty. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so you go, you go the ten twenty two, the the a shotgun ten twenty two. Then we get into rifles, and I went on that hunting trip to Wyoming, um, and really got to see the difference in damage from one caliber to another oh. as well as um how many you know your grains of bullet right yeah. like how yeah. big your bullet is um makes a big difference yeah. when you're shooting um any one particular animal so like we were on a wyoming antelope hunt mm-hmm. and i was shooting um a 270 with 135 grain okay bullets so fast and flat fast flat it was you know uh and I'm sure there's other, obviously the the what the bullets, how this bullet shaped, all the different things, oh, yeah. right? Um, but I was shooting like some relatively inexpensive. With these like soft, soft hunting tip, tips, meant yeah, to, yeah, meant to expand. Yep. And I was hitting these uh, antelope, and it was like perfect. It was, I was getting into them, dropping them. It, it was just, it was perfect. A couple of them didn't even, or actually, all of them didn't exit. Oh really? None of them exited. Interesting. Um, they would hit and just boom, wow. drop. Okay. And I, I shot one, and it, I couldn't find the hole. It really? hadn't started bleeding yet, and the thing dropped. Just it was like oh, two hundred and fifty yards away, and it just yeah, must have 
splintered and pierced the heart or something. Oh yeah, everything right down. into the heart. Yeah, it was yeah. a awesome shot. I was so happy with it. Yeah. Um, and uh, my dad had a thirty out six with like one eighty grain, one hundred and eighty five grain. Yeah. And yeah. he was blowing those things apart. <laughs> and it was like, this is too much, right? Like, he yeah. shot one, and I, like, quartered the damn thing. Yeah. Like, it was like, what oh, the yeah. hell? Yeah. Um, he, yeah, he hit one in the shoulder, and it, like, it put a baseball hole, baseball, like, sized hole. Out the backside. Out the backside of it. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. There's a, a difference. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. So, if you ever go on one of those hunts, like, we or, you know, when we go at some point, um, having a... A smaller round. Yeah. Well, hang on. I I have to pee so bad. It's only been thirty minutes. But then let's let's get into. Uh, uh, I think big game rifles, and then the difference in bullet grains, and how you can make, you know, like a thirty out six work for you with different. You know, it, there is some versatility in the ammo you choose. Oh, absolutely. Even if you have just the one caliber in your in your cabinet. Yeah. All Why? Right. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. And we were going to talk about big game rifles and specifically different cartridge loads, um, which because, it's, you know, we, we've talked about just sort of firearms. It's good to have a twenty two rifle, a 12-gauge shotgun, a twenty two pistol. And then I think you should have one versatile big game rifle, which could be a three oh eight, a two seventy, a .30-06, even a three hundred Win Mag, which I think you can get down, I think you can get 130 grain bullets for a 300 wind mag if you wanted to use it for hunting uh, smaller big game like deer or antelope. Yeah, 6.5 Creedmoor is pretty pretty nice. Do you think 6.5 can punch up to an elk? I think so because I think you can get them kind of hot, a hot round. Okay. Um, and, I mean, I've, I don't have any um, personal experience. knowledge or experience yeah. in it, but um, anecdotal evidence, but I'm sure there's a myriad of youtube videos you can yeah. see guys dropping fucking yep you know but again one of the things i like about like i have a 308 or a 30-06 would be on my list is that any hardware store in america you can go in and you can probably find two different bullet grain weights whether you're shooting at heavy game like an elk or lighter game like deer and antelope um, but you can you can sort of tailor your just tailor the cartridge load to the animal you're hunting mm-hmm. And then obviously you got a zero for that that bullet grain yeah. weight. Well, that was another experience we had because we got out to Wyoming and we're, I, you know, told my dad I was like, you got to have like 130 grain yeah. ammo, 100 as low as we can find for that 30 out six. Yeah. Um. So that's what what happened, and he put like four or five over the top of a antelope. And was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? And I was like, well, what's that sighted in for? Did you sight it in? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, what were you shooting? And he was like, well, I got some in the truck. I'll grab, I'll grab that. Yeah. yeah, it was 185 grain. Yeah. So it was like, there's, there's a difference there. Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, I was shooting high on all of them. So we didn't really get to see what it looked like because he was so pissed off at that point. <laughs> he was missing. He was yeah. just like, oh, man. nope, give me that other shit. This um, is one thing about hunters that drives me nuts is the, the lackadaisical attitude about marksmanship where it's yeah. like uh, i just gotta kind of i just kind of hold high a little bit and i yeah. just know that kentucky it, windage and let yeah. it fly holy shit yeah that was that was more or less what happened and it I'm, was i'm too uh anal yeah about the yeah. which makes sense it's yeah. what the way it should be 
Yeah. That's how I am with archery. Okay. For the most part. You want to know all your holds, your arrow weights, where where they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a long time with archery getting super, super dialed. And then I moved up to Lake Stevens and kind of moved away. And I was like, oh, I got my own yard. I can shoot in now. And I got all this stuff. And like all of my shot uh, archery time just, just kind of dwindled. And I just, I set up a archery backstop and all that. And just, I haven't been shooting like I figured I would. Let's, let's prioritize it this summer because I, 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 I made the, training northwest training schedule around hunting seasons <laughs> yeah. I, I was pissed that i missed elk last year yeah no um, it's a blast yeah so let's make sure that we should probably say at least twice a week before practice we should get out here early and and shoot some arrows yeah maybe you know one Prom- or two weekends a month as well yeah need to do quite a bit of it because it, it is a diminishing skill as well yeah um i was like i said i was dialed i was dialed on the bow i had yeah I changed, but uh, this is what ended up happening. I got really into it. I changed my bow. I gave my old bow away to a friend. The one you had dialed. And then I shot it way less. <laughs> so all that mixed together, I went from being able to shoot really good to like struggling again. Struggling. Yeah. And I haven't put the time back in to get dialed again. What well, did you twang a string off your forearm? Uh, no, uh, you did though. <laughs> yeah. I seen. Holy I felt shit, so bad. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ! Oh, oh fuck! Uh, took you to your knee. Yeah, started feeling I, a I queasy. Almost threw up. That's wild. Yeah, from that, a that forearm fucking, injury. That fucking hurt. Yeah, and it was one of those where the pain didn't come for a while. I think the shock to my nervous system was so like it was the shock to my nervous system that put me on my knees and made me almost throw up. And the pain had not arrived yet at that point, but I could tell just from, it's really hard to describe with words, the way it affected me. Like I could tell that my entire nervous system had taken like literally like a zap. It's so wild. Yeah. Huh? Um, no, it was fun though. I'm glad that bow is still waiting for you. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, we know, we know. Lesson number one, now. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't rotate you your gotta, wrist gotta out. Rotate that hand outward a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, but uh, I'm also going to wrap it with Mike's uh, horse tape. I think just for good measure. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Yep. Um, but okay, so so the the rifle stuff. I'm. I really, I think a 270 is a really really good all around rifle. I agree. Um, the for, ballistics are really good on that. Yeah, so I think that's that's a solid way to go if you're gonna just do one one rifle for everything. Yep. But when you when you do start kind of breaking it down and going, okay, I want a like a short action, smaller I, rifle, yeah, and you, I want a big because there's certainly a difference between a a two seventy and a um, three hundred Win Mag, yep. right? And that I think is why I want to get a 300 wind mag but they're both long action yeah and i kind of want to get a short action yeah and have a long you know so i start going down the whole rabbit hole and i don't know enough about it to really to speak in a way that's like informative to that people don't already know about but i know that the short action it's it's supposed to be more accurate the only thing i've ever read is that short action is a weight advantage i've never read anything about accuracy advantages i i've heard that Have from you? from like bench shooting okay. stuff okay um and who knows right yeah. like they're also 
who fucking knows? Yeah. Um, if that's the case, then then I'm just going to stick to that 270 and call it a day. But it would be nice to get a 6.5 uh, PRC or... Uh, it, it's easy to get wrapped around, you know, into the consumerism of I need the new rifle and a different caliber and whatnot. But I think if you already have, you know, if whatever's in your closet is one of those common calibers that, again, you can find on any true value shelf, really what you should do is get out and learn the ballistics, learn the holds, learn how to use that round that you already have rather than go spend a bunch of money on a new rifle that then you still don't know how to use. Yeah, that's true. Focus on the Indian, not the arrow. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) However, my 308 is as heavy as a boat anchor, so I do really want a like a really lightweight, you know, sub-7-pound rifle, sub-10-pounds with glass and bipod on it. In what caliber would you want that then again so that's that's where i'm back to this debate of do i go 270 so that it's versatile and i can use it for hunting elk or do i get a 6.5 and just consider it a deer rifle yeah yeah let's see i mean there you go now you're i i'm always uh i'll still have my excuse to buy if 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 i ever get you guys to go elk hunting with a rifle then i can go buy my 300 win mag i lean towards more rifles more more <laughs> rifles more better in plus one <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh you know i do think it would be sweet to have that uh big cannon of a 300 win mag yeah um as well or like you know a 383 lapua or something like yeah or i'm sorry 338 lapua. 338 i'm yeah. over here 383 yeah yeah i'm thinking about <laughs> motors yeah it's, it's a stroker <laughs> uh yeah three uh 338 lapua that's a cannon as well yeah. So my I think my uncle just got a uh what is it a a three sixty four uh Weatherby? Is it that's three? that's some exotic like big game rifle that the ammo is gonna be so again, three hundred wind oh. mag, it's on every fucking shelf. It's like a hundred and twenty bucks for twenty rounds, Holy you know what shit. I mean? It's something yeah. crazy. It's like yeah. it's gonna cost you four hundred dollars to get it zeroed and yeah. figure out all your distance holds and whatnot. Yeah. A a nice box of like 300 win mag is like what 60 bucks 70 something bucks like that, something, yeah. you know yeah. um for like high-end shit yeah and that's kind of what i'm looking for is something uh, in that in that range yeah. but it, i i just think it would be i just want more yeah. you know i, I know. what can i what I, can it's, i say it's consumerism it's, well, it's so easy to look at the shiny thing on the shelf and be like i want that oh that's cool yeah. i got that uh my my rifle is kind of uh my 270 I looked at it like, okay, I'm not going to outshoot this thing. Yeah. It's a, uh, I want to say it's 24 inch, 24, 22 inch. Um, it's a Howa 1500. Yep. And it's like a maybe $500 rifle. Yeah. It's, and a, then, it's a good knock around gun also. Yeah. And it's got, it's got a reasonable. Um, it has a nice trigger. It's got a nice trigger. It's got a nice uh, stock on it for what you pay. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's it's hard to beat that price point. Yeah. Um and get a quality rifle like that. And like I said, it's two seventy, so it's a pretty good all around little gun. But yep. then Mike's Tika, that X three, yep. those are those are freaking sweet. Yep. I think those are probably the best bang for your buck as far as uh You think so? I was eyeing those and the uh Bergaras. I like the Bergara a lot. Yep. And also just because I like browning, because there's a lot of history there, the uh browning X-Bolt or... Yeah, X-Bolt. That's the one. Yeah, those are sweet as well. Yeah. There, there's a bunch. I mean, 
Then you got like I mean I think Kimber came out with like a mountain light gun. It's or gonna something. be too it expensive. Like six if, if it says Kimber on the side of it, it's gonna be expensive. Yeah, I, I think it was like fifteen hundred bucks or something. That's not terrible. But then like Fierce has one yeah. that's like a mountain light rifle that's pretty gnarly. When I was close to pulling the trigger, it was gonna be the Bergara, mm-hmm. and I was just gonna go with a uh, standard stock. And I think uh, I think you can get a carbon barrel on those for. Around twelve hundred bucks, but that was twelve hundred bucks. Felt like a lot to spend on a a rifle that I'm going to carry into the mountains for yeah, go five five days a year. I won't beat the shit out of it, but it's going to be in my hands literally five days a year. And it was kind of like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, I just need to make make it work with the rifle I have. Yeah, the Indian, not the arrow. Yep. But boy, is that arrow nice to have. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I saw. like there, because you can go down the rabbit hole of of all the, you know, calibers like we've talked about, and like twenty eight nozzler versus seven millimeter yeah. oh, versus, yeah. you know, and it gets overwhelming for me, and also gets like bogs me down enough to where I just I kind of don't end you up end giving up not, a shit, not spending the money, yeah, because it's too much to think about, too yeah. many decision points, yeah, because yeah. it's like oh should I do this, should that's, I do that, and yeah. that's why it's like I want a a good small. All around, 270, yeah, it's long action. Yep. I don't understand the extra couple inches yep. and, you know, yeah. less than a quarter pound, fuck you. Like, I, yep. I, you know, versus I want that and I want a 300 wind mag. Yeah. I have both of them. The 300 wind mag, then I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to get one of those cool chassis rifles yeah. and yep. get, you know, that's where the consumerism starts coming in. Because yep. I'm like, I got all, I got to do all this stuff to that 300 wind mag to get, I don't have a scope on it right now. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yeah. The next thing I know, I'm looking at proof barrels. Yeah. <laughs> 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 putting, putting stuff on dollar barrels. Yeah, yeah, that I don't need, yep. you know. Yep. Um, uh, we'll see. Yep. We'll see. I, I think that those two would be sweet. And then... After all that, it's fun to start looking at sidearms. Oh, I bought a Glock 10 millimeter. Yeah. Just because now, now I want to run into a grizzly bear or a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bring it on. Get some I of those. Feel like, I'm going to get some of those tungsten rounds. Uh huh. Yeah. Those are gnarly, man. Yep. They got some hot shooting 10 millimeter rounds. Yep. But then there's also some that say they're really hot shooting. I don't know. Listen, that, so I've had one customer come out to a class with the 10 millimeter. And when everybody else is shooting the steel targets and it's like ping, 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 ping with their nine millimeters, you can feel the concussion of that 10 millimeter going off. Wham, wham. And when it hits the steel, the steel plate like swings, clang, 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 clang back and forth. And it's like, holy shit, that thing is hitting with some power. How how many rounds do you think you shot of it? Uh, They have, if, if we didn't live in a communist state, you can get 15 round magazines. No, I'm saying how many rounds did he shoot? That oh, day. you you go through just under two hundred rounds in one of my courses, and he and he just went for it with the ten millimeter. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> down there fucking blasting <laughs> away. <laughs> did he have a did he have a holster and everything yeah, for it, like an yeah. outside the weight? Oh, yeah. that's fucking rad. It, it kind of makes me wonder, like if if you can because you can get high capacity magazines. Why doesn't uh, you know units like the Ranger Regiment or Delta use a ten millimeter? Because yeah, so it seems like it'd be a lot more effective than a nine. And it's it doesn't feel. It's a big fucking gun. It yeah. is significantly bigger in your hand than yeah. than like a Glock seventeen. But recoil management wise, it doesn't. Oh, it's I, not, I haven't even put any rounds through yet. I oh, really? No, no, because I couldn't. Oh, you dude. can't find rounds on the shelf for it. You got to order them. Yeah. Well, we should we should go I in. Need and, to order. Them. We should go in and on a box of. Uh, 
bulk ammo of that. Oh, okay. And yeah. then just do you have one too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, I have, we had the exact same. And I have one. S- I have some old armor plates that Andy gave me. Yeah. Police Chief Andy. Yeah. And uh, I've been saving them for the right moment. That's the right tungsten moment. bear rounds are the right moment <laughs> yeah, to, to get out and shoot well, these plates. I I don't have tungsten or anything like that, but I have some bear rounds for it. So we okay. should uh, absolutely we should go out and give that a little go. Hundred um, percent. That would be fun. There's there's uh, I think they're 180 grain or 200 grain. Um, <laughs> it's a shitload yeah. of powder. Well, they have that, and then they have the. Was it the cast hardened fucking? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Uh, skull. No, we'll, I'll get online this week and order like a a smorgasbord of uh, ten millimeter. Yeah. Bear, bear stopper rounds. But it w- it would be fun to do that, and uh, also just because I mean that's another like thing that gets overlooked is you know we spend this time training with um, our pistols and pistol holsters on our, you know, and going through, okay, this is where this is coming from. Do you think it would be any different to have a chest holster and not spend the time training with that? Cause I mean, no, I and put here's, that here's, on. Here's why I, is when, when I was working for uh, the agency in Iraq, I used to wear my Glock 17 in a magazine pouch on my vest. Okay. And it's just a, just like going from your outside the waistband holster on your hip at three o'clock to your inside the waistband holster is a slight modification in how mm-hmm. you move your hands. It's the same thing. Just drawing my pistol from my magazine pouch, it was a little bit higher up on my chest or up on my torso, but the draw motion overall is still the same. And all all you're really doing is you're you're getting your hands to that ready gun position where the pistol's pointed forward, and then you're uh-huh. driving forward into a sight picture and breaking your shots. What's your plan for holster then? I don't know. I've been going back and forth on those uh, Kenai chest holsters or just like a, I have a leather pancake holster. Play with it. My my only thought was that I don't want to wear my bino harness. I, it looked it didn't look uncomfortable, but again, talking about my my assault or my my body armor and shit that I used to wear in Iraq is. I didn't like it when my gear started to grow outward because the the armor itself was already, you know, an inch and a quarter thick or so. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, single stack magazines. And so now already this gear is 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 adding quite a bit of like yeah, dimensional space to you as you're trying to move around either like in a vehicle or in tight spaces inside a building. Mm-hmm. And same thing with like taking a bino harness and putting it over the top of the Kenai chest holster. It looked fine when you're up walking around, mm-hmm. but if you decide you want to lay down on your belly or something, then all of a sudden you have all this extra, like all your gear has moved out away from your body and you have all this extra dimension to you that you have to kind of deal with. Yeah. Well, I got the Kenai to see what it would feel like. And I don't know that I love it. Yeah. Um, but I think you can adjust it in a couple different ways to where you can pull it out the top or, yeah. out the, I, I yeah. mean, well, and one of the reasons I like that sick, uh, uh, bino harness is because it is modular and has Molly on it. So one of the things I want to kind of take a peek at, I'll probably buy one for myself is can I rig a holster onto the bino harness? Hmm. Yeah. But would it be just, would that be pushing it out or would you do it underneath? No, I would do it off to the right side. Oh, I'm sorry. Part of me just wants to make my own fucking bino harness so that I can put all the things I want on it. Yeah, I I agree. I think that would be a worthwhile project. Yeah. There's there's a company called Razzle, Mm -hmm. I think, maybe. And uh, they have um, uh, holsters that go underneath your bino harness. But now you're running out of real estate underneath, which is where your belt's going to clip. 
yeah. So it's like how far low does it yep. go and all that other, yep. you know, you kind of start. And the other thing is just get a, uh, um, you know, like my big pack, my mystery ranch, my big hauler pack. It has molly loops on the hip belt. So I could put a holster on there and then just get a leather Galco, good old fashioned pancake holster for my belt that uh-huh. when I'm not wearing my, you just pull it out, pull it off the backpack belt loops and put it into my leather holster uh-huh. when I'm not wearing the pack. Yeah, Which, again, I, is, is something we used to do in Iraq is I'd have that pancake holster on my belt, gun in my body armor while we're actually out actively doing whatever, and then get back to base, pistol comes out of the body armor, slides into the pancake holster on my belt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I guess you just have to have a retention style holster at that. Those those leather one those leather Galco holsters have good retention, even though there's no thumb break or anything. Really? Yeah. And, going and then, up and and then over. the one the one I would put on the Molly loops on the uh on the hip hip belt, I'd probably do some kind of safari land just like we use on our, on okay. our Batman that, belt. That's that's what yep. I mean. Yeah, having yeah, yeah, having yeah. something like that because yep. it makes me nervous going, Okay, I'm gonna walk through the woods and that's why I haven't gotten any holster for that yet. because um, I, I've only carried it on my chest, and if it falls out, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, having yeah. that—that's why I like it kind of right there. Yep. Um, but like you said, putting putting a whole uh, my um, bino harness over the top of that does push it out a little bit. And I can't remember if I've used it yet or not. The pistol or the? No, I've used the pistol quite a yeah. bit. Um, but I'm talking about using that holster under. I haven't gone on a hunt. I don't think with it yet. You did when we went deer hunting. Did I have the... Did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was looking at it. I was like, oh, it doesn't look uncomfortable. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't terribly... I just... I guess that's that tells you right there. I don't remember it being overly uncomfortable. There you go. So, yeah. Yeah, you would remember. You would be like, fuck that thing if it, if it had been... Yeah, rough. there wasn't anything that was like really... But it did push it out slightly. I do remember that now. Okay. Um, but not enough to where I was like, eh. But I do remember like passing some hikers... And I had the pistol sitting on my chest, and yeah. it felt awkward for like, okay, hopefully yeah. these people don't think I'm a piece of shit. But Fuck yeah, at the same time, that's what, in the woods. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's one thing I loved about being up in uh, Alaska last summer is everywhere we went, everybody had either a Glock 10 millimeter or some kind of 357 revolver in a chest holster while they're out walking their dog. Yeah, just do, do well. I mean, fuck, you saw you yeah. ran up, yeah. snuck up on a moose <laughs> yeah, on accident, right? Yep. You walk around a corner and all yep. of a sudden there's a fucking yeah. Some grizzly decides they want to eat your fucking pomeranian as a little oh, appetizer. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a freaky fucking predicament you could end up in real quick up uh, where there's real wilderness. Yeah. Which then reminds me of shooting Jake's featherweight three fifty seven out of the range last year. That fucking sucked. And how much that hurt. Yeah. So there, that thing was really cool in that you could carry that on your hip and kind of forget about it. Which you know, out in the out in the mountains, ounces make pounds and pounds matter. But if you have ever had to actually shoot it and shoot a bear to save your life, I don't know if I could hit anything with that thing. I, I want to say it was accurate, but only when you're taking your time and, yeah. you know, it was a double and action, right? You're not going to get a second shot off fast because of the way it recoiled. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, it's a gnarly gun to shoot. Yeah. Like it, it felt like you're handing, but I don't think I'd be worrying about how it felt. That's true. You're going to be in the middle of the world's greatest adrenaline dump if you ever had to use it with a cougar or a grizzly or something. Yeah. But with a, with a cougar, 
Well, anything. I think a fucking Glock 10 millimeter is the way to go, personally. Yep. I just, I... I'm, I'm hoping we run into a wolf or a cougar or a grizzly on our next uh, on our next outing. Yeah, if they come after us, just tie some bacon <laughs> on their necks. <laughs> yeah. That's right, yeah. I'll start leaving uh, beef jerky in Nathan's pockets. <laughs> all, <around. laughs> all right, just walk in front there, bud. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that would be... Uh, it would be interesting to see what the... I mean, there's videos of it. I know there's videos of guys oh, like sure. doing oh, you know what? testing. I, I need to. We need to look at that. Testing of 10 Fuck millimeter that. No, versus. No, we don't. We're just going to buy a bunch of rounds and go shoot some more reports. <laughs> yeah, we'll make the video. We'll post it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. Um, yeah, I think there was a video of them shooting like ballistic glass and like the difference between 10 millimeter and 9 millimeter oh, was substantial. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. Um, so you got you got your rifle, you know, you got your your... 1022 or your 22 stuff you got all that because i i'm i don't understand the bear spray versus a pistol i don't understand the like oh if i'm gonna pepper the bear spray must be effective (laughs) i maybe because i i mean otherwise we'd hear about hikers who'd been eaten after spraying a bear with bear spray and i see a lot of hunters carrying bear spray yeah, but I also don't see a lot of hunters necessarily shooting their pistols either. That's true. I yeah, mean, yeah, when I think solid point. I think when you train with a pistol, I don't train with bear spray. I yeah. train with a pistol. Yeah, yeah. There so you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on what I know and what I've trained for, which yeah. is a pistol. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, that that's something that never gets equated to the whole conversation of you know. What, yeah, oh, you're going to use a rifle or you're going to use a pistol. You're going to, good luck, like, the chances of you doing that. It's like, well, what are the chances of you going out and training as much as I have with a pistol? Yeah. Probably not high. Yeah. That, so That is a solid point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would say, I, I honestly, I don't have a problem with people carrying bear spray. No, I neither right. do I. If, if you're not training with a pistol, bear spray probably is your best option. Yeah. Well, and there's, I mean, I know that, like, in some places in Alaska or just, Places you can't take bear spray on a fucking plane, right? So yeah. then you're stuck with a pistol. But that's why I was wondering what your thoughts were on like using the Kenai as a uh, training tool. You just dry fired a little bit. It's 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 not going to be much different. Yeah. Yep. Um, but that's that's where um, I don't I don't necessarily get the. I also don't think you need to have like a fast ass draw on a bear. They're not. They they kind of posture a little bit before they charge. Same with cougars. You hope. Like you're gonna have time to get the gun out and get a sight. A cougar sight scares picture. me more than fucking anything. Yes, because they want to get you from behind. Yeah. We got to start wearing shields like those tribesmen in Africa that have eyeballs painted on them, so that they don't try <laughs> yeah. to ambush us. Yeah. Well, I've heard of people like putting sunglasses on backwards. Oh, backwards. Really. And using that as like yeah. a thing. And like I have that as much as I complain about that pack that goes up high. Yeah. I'm always oh, thinking like protect your neck. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, that's like that's what I always think when I'm justifying this fucking pack that's yeah. like getting caught on everything. It's like, well, <laughs> at least I could turtle up under it a little yeah. bit if a fucking cougar came at me, yeah. pounced on my back, I'd have a little protection for a second before I got my knife out and so got So you're not going to try to pull guard and, and drag the arm? <laughs> yeah. I don't put it in the, the kitty cat. Yeah. Uh, Sleeper hold? Kimura. Oh, um, man. And I actually, I just ordered, I did order that uh, Benchmade Bushcrafter knife. Fuck yeah. I don't think I realized how big it was when it's, I ordered it. It's, it's a good-sized knife. It's a fucking 
It's yeah. a good safe. If you don't like it, I'll buy it from you, and then you can try again. No, I, I think it'll be good to have just because you can you can literally like chop trees and make firewood and whatnot. It has what sold me was that it had the little grommets through the handle, so I could lash it to a pole and like use it to stab you and soldiers. <laughs> I mean, fish out of a stream, and uh, yeah. Well, isn't that how? Uh, what was that one movie where the guy falls down and stab kills the bear? That's attacking. Oh God! Uh, Edge something. Edge. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's uh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> that was a good movie. Just watch that. Uh, um, yeah, I'm looking at in all the re- like I read a ton of reviews and a lot of people were saying that they had used it to uh, skin and break down deer. Uh-huh. So I thought, okay, uh, maybe it is. I was wanting something with a little bit shorter blades. So you can, you know, get your index finger further up on it as you start peeling the skin away. It's nice to have that shorter, thicker blade as you're just sort of working through there, but. I think it's going to work fine. And I still have that Havilon one with the uh, replaceable blades that yeah. you uh, whittled your stick with. Yeah. Sorry about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I have a nice Havilon lock blade that was sharp as fuck. And then here I go. We, I used, we used it to skin the lamb on New Year's Eve. And then I turned around at one point, and Jordan's over there just like stripping bark off a fucking lodgepole with it. <laughs> I was like, dude. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, sorry, bro. Uh, I, and Because I didn't, I didn't have a pocket knife. That's all good. I left all my pocket well, knives When I, when I get in moved into my new place, one of the things I need to do is find a knife. Sharp, you know, I don't know where my sharpening stone went. I can, I I'll it. sharpen it. You bring right. it to me. I'll fucking sharpen that motherfucker. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember sitting there, and I'm like, man, this thing is really sharp. It's fucking cutting the shit out of this. Yeah. I was like, dude, this thing, and he looks over, and he's like, <laughs> Yeah, man, I was hoping to use that on an animal. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. My bad, dude. Because I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's wood. No big yeah. deal. It's, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's not going to chip it or dang no, it or anything fine. like that. And then it's all fine. of a sudden. We just got to sharpen it. Uh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> then it was just like, oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> good, good going, Jordan. It's like, use the tool you got. Yeah. And it's Tobin's. Yeah. <laughs> somebody else's knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, how, I think. The only thing better than a sharp knife is somebody else's sharp knife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's what fucking, I handed, uh, handed uh, Mike my, uh, my knife the other day. And he's like, hey, you got a knife on you? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, you know. <laughs> and he fucking goes to crack a beer with it. And I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't, put, don't chip the edge, dude. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, no, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah. I trust you. I and trust actually, you. the way I got to that big-ass fucking survival knife is I was looking for an EDC knife. That's I, what happens to me every that, time. Yeah, went down the rabbit hole, and suddenly I'm looking at fixed blades. And <laughs> Fuck yeah. I started with small fixed blades before I know it. I'm ordering a fucking Rambo knife. <laughs> no, that 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 knife, the Bushcrafter, is, um, it looks nice. Yeah, um, looks cool. uh, But the, the steel on it, I think, is uh, CPM3V? Or That sounds right. I know, again, reading reviews, a couple guys said they had broken down multiple animals without sharpening it. So it's, yeah. it's going to hold, and plus it's just the fact that it's meant for like chopping trees and whatnot, it's, making tents, to, like yeah. bushcraft. Yeah. It's called the bushcrafter for a reason. Yeah. So it, I think it's going to hold an edge for a long time. Yeah. That's a nice knife. It's got a, it's got a saber grind. So it's like, you know, like it's 30 degree, whatever you call it, bezel or bevel. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, what that means is like, ins- there's a flat grind, which is, is flat all the way down to the, yeah. the sharp part and then there's a micro bevel they put on the very end so it's like this and then the very end kind of cuts in um but a saber grind is like it's a tall version of a scandy grind so 
where the knife goes like this and then it has flat edges going down and then yes. like the bottom little bit is sharp this yep. is a little bit uh higher higher so it's more slicey yeah so it'll it's strong because you know the strongest you're going to get is like a, a convex grind yep and then uh your next is going to be that uh scandy grind and then after that you have the saber and that's going to be way slicier than both of the others so it's, take your word for it's it. nice to have yeah it's 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 a cool knife i like it a lot i like i said i've been looking at it for like four years and just haven't pulled the trigger yeah, yeah. so that was going to be my excuse is if you didn't like it i was going to buy it from you yeah <laughs> but, oh shit no i i think i'll uh hold this, on this will it. be one of those it'll it'll go in the pile with the grands for his brook hatch it as like, here you go yeah exactly the boys are gonna things the boys will inherit someday oh yeah no it's a, it's a sweet sweet one i was debating for all that. you guys listening it's cool to buy spend a little bit of money on heirloom quality yes, gear yes like i bought a nice victoria knox swiss air force watch and i years ago before i even was married because i was like someday i'll give this to somebody when i'm it, and I rarely wear it, but it's my my nice watch, and it's not it's for in the in the era or the pantheon of nice watches. It's not that great, but it's kind of cool because it's the same uh, model that Swiss Air Force pilots were issued back in like the 30s and 40s. Has a bunch of different diet, like came with a manual so you can learn how to measure airspeed and blah 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 all this yeah. stuff with. And it's like all right, this is cool. And okay. then that Grand Force Brook Hatchet is timeless, and then having a knife like this again it's it's kind of timeless and it's mm -hmm. it's stuff that you can give to your kids yeah a nice rifle falls yeah. under that uh, yeah 1022s yeah. yep. yep uh you know oh uh, yeah big you know the the rifles the the knives the hatchets the tools the all that kind of stuff is is pretty pretty yep. nice especially when you can hand something down that's still still relevant usable exactly yeah. like it's still because they're simple they're not complex machines yeah you ain't gonna pass down that ipad you bought for yeah, exactly you know twelve hundred dollars yeah, that iphone 14 that's the latest and greatest today uh -huh. ain't gonna be worth shit in two years but that grand Forsbrook hatchet is not gonna change yep. yep and if anything it's gonna get better yeah you know it's like cast iron yeah yeah exactly. i've got a couple <laughs> cast iron pants yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah the older the cast iron the better yeah you know yep. and just all the stuff that comes around that and the stories and the food and just, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, cast iron, knives, and fucking yep. guns. Yep. Give me more. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, along I mean. On those notes, or along that note, I guess we all need recurve bows. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that is one I really, I would never try to hunt with it, I don't think. Maybe I would, I don't know. But to me, like, for hobby shooting, I think a recurve would be a lot more fun than a compound. Uh, just for shits and giggles. For shits and giggles, it's fun because like you start to get like, oh, I'm shooting a a foot group at you know twenty yards. Yeah, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, once you get like dialed in, yeah. you know, you can start yeah. doing that, and that that would feel pretty cool for a, a guy who hasn't shot his for shit, right? Yeah. Um, you have one. Yeah. Oh, sh oh, that's right. We had it out here last mm -hmm. year. Okay. Yeah. So you you set that thing up and you really start to tinker with it and get used to it and like there's guys that can shoot recurve oh i'm sure tr trad yeah. bows like yeah, yeah, yeah. motherfuckers um and then there's a bunch of different like olympic shooters that shoot recurves that are like not not low tech 
but they are. It's like you have to string in a stick, essentially. Yeah, but they've but they had made out of carbon fiber. And well, they're they're just they're dialed in. They got these two. Um, they have a really long, like three foot weight out front, uh, a stabilizer okay. out front, and then yeah. two stabilizers that come off in a V shape. Oh shit! So uh, that come off the back. So they got these these stabilizers that hold the thing real steady. Yeah. And then they got a clicker on there, so they draw back, and once they get to a certain they get all set up and once they get to where they think they need to be uh-huh. um, on their on their pole, they pull just a little bit farther and there's um, a clicker on the arrow. Yeah. And once it once it pulls back past the tip, it goes click. Yeah. Or I forget exactly what the anyway, it clicks down. So like it's got pressure on it and then it slides past it and clicks. Yeah. And then they let go. So it's this consistency that they're gaining. Like because that's what archery is all about is being consistent. Sure. So that clicker goes off, and then, whoom, and I, some I, of those motherfuckers are shooting baseballs at twenty-five yards and or twenty yards at the range. I just want to envision myself like that elf in fucking Lord of the Rings, where he's like running and like yanking arrows out of his back. Yeah, yeah, thing and like pulling arrows yeah. out of orcs. Yeah, exactly. You're yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I envision myself hunting deer in the woods with a recurve bow. Yeah, just a whole family in there. And you're just thum, thum, yeah, thum, yeah, yeah, thum. yeah, 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 no doubt. See, that's that's my you and a troop story. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a oh, recurve bow. I think it would be rad to end up getting that and uh, getting so good with a recurve that you could go out and hunt and be successful. Will it make you better at shooting a compound bow? Like, just like if you, you, know, you swing the heavier baseball bat when you're on deck so that when you step into the batter's box, the, the bat you actually swing feels lighter. I think it's... You shoot I, the recurve all the time. And then pick up a compound, and you'd be like, this is, like, cheating. Oh, I think so. I think, okay. like, you know, I, I don't know that it would necessarily make you better, but, I mean, you're you're it's the same discipline, right? So it's got to be – it's the difference between shooting with a red dot and uh, – It's just going to say it's – I do so much – It's actually more – it's more significant than that. Yeah. But I teach so a, many a private pistol classes over the last couple months – and I've shot so many rounds through my pistol with no red dot sight on it. that every once in a while, I'll pick up my AR and just start clanging steel. And it's like, this is, I don't even have to try. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's probably the difference between uh, iron sights and a scope at 500 yards. Okay. That, I'd, I'd say that's the difference. Okay. And even then, that's not really the difference because you know you're going to hit it with the, yeah. you know. Okay. Yeah. If, you're gr- if you're trying to group whatever, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, after turkey hunting, we need to put a uh, emphasis and a priority on getting the bows out yeah. and doing some, uh, you know, twice a week or whatever. Yeah, I think the the archery this year, but we're our our plan is not going to be disclosed on the podcast, but yeah, uh, unless we already have, we in have which not. case, go back and listen. Yeah. We have not. Okay, um, but we I really Mike's told us about this hunt in Montana. And that sounds like a hoot to me is going out and doing a dep- is it depredation at that point or like herd thinning or probably herd thinning. I'm not exactly sure why you'd be allowed to do it, but basically you get 10 tags. Oh, for elk? No, for deer. Oh. So it's, it's a fawn, doe and fawn hunt and you go and get 10 you doe and the fawns. fawns. Yeah. I'm yeah. Shoot a fawn. I do. Ugh. I do. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm do, I'm doing it. I mean, if you, you stay here, all right. But it's uh, you I want to ri- go to Wyoming for the antelope. Huh? You ride horses for oh. like 10, 20 miles in the backcountry, and yeah. then 
and right. shoot, and they're all over the place. And they're you wild, just, and they're not afraid of humans. Yeah, and you drop these things. Drop these little curious, cute little critters. Yeah. <laughs> Big doughy <laughs> eyes yeah, looking at you. They they literally call it doughy eyes for uh, a reason. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, that would be – that that is high on the bucket list for me because yeah, just going out doing what's that. What's that tag cost? Is it crazy expensive? No, I think it's super cheap. I think it's really? like – I don't know, maybe twenty bucks a tag or something. Oh, no something, shit. Something, yeah. Most Some, out of state licenses are. Well, I'm sure there's expensive. like an out of state license you have to get, and yeah. then the tags on top of the license, oh, and okay. you know, I think there's, but I don't think it's going to be like crazy expensive because if it's a hunt like that, it's because they want it done. True. Okay. Um. So, but I, I again, I need to look onto it more and find out. But it, it looks like a, it sounded the way Mike said it. It sounded awesome, but. Um, has Mike gone or has he only heard he's stories? He's only heard stories, so okay. it's conflicting. Like, But yeah. I think he's seen pictures. I, we got to find out more. Right. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Wyoming stuff is a blast, yes. and I think they're kind of trying to – I think Wyoming is making it a little harder Are they? now. I could be wrong, but um, that's, a, that's a really fun deal. But you're also shooting small – animals right a, you're getting a buck and if you're lucky you're getting a buck and two doe and fawns or doe or fawns right so there's there's a tag where it's you can shoot anything and then there's a tag where it's doe doe fawn yearling they call it okay. um and the way they have it it's like a type one versus like a type four tag or a type six tag and it's for modern rifle and then you can shoot those and the the doe fawn tags are like sixty dollars and the uh buck tags is like 400 okay um but the thing is you shoot a buck and it's going to be probably 45 pounds of meat that's okay it, i'm i'm more just looking at the quantity it would be fun to get nathan down there just to get him on the trigger that's what i'm he was that, frustrated he was he was pissed he didn't see the deer on his first day of deer hunting ever. Yeah. And so to get him down there in like a target rich environment and just get him banging away, he yeah. would absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where like I look at other hunters in other states and I'm like, you guys are so spoiled and you don't understand how hard you have to work to like to yeah, because I spent the first six years of my hunting career not seeing a legal animal yeah. because I only hunted western Washington blacktail modern firearm yeah which is a two week or it's less than a two week season i think it's like a week season and it is three point or better and i i have no clue how to get into this i'm you know 20 or i guess i was under 20 i was like 18 Uh, my dad's just getting into it so because you know his dad hunted my they hunted when they were a little younger, but he was yeah. getting back into it, and the whole thing, like, it was just so hard to figure out how to do. Yeah. So, and it was just before Onyx, so then you're looking on maps and trying to figure out Google Earth and, like, well, there's a bunch of, there's a national forest here, but I don't know, like, can you hunt national forests? Can you hunt in a park? Like, what's the, is it private land? So we were so worried about that. Yeah. And then um, I remember Onyx coming out and not kind of getting it. And then I went on a hunt with my dad's cousin, Pat, and he had it. And it was like, oh, that's a game changer. We need that. Um, 
because there was like a farmer that came up and was like, you guys can't even look at this land. <laughs> like he was, he was all yeah. pissed off. And then my uh, cousin Pat was like, actually motherfucker, like yeah. it's a hundred yards over there is where your property starts. Yeah. Like, and the guy's on like a walkie talkie. Like he's like, this is a, uh, calling, calling his buddies or whatever. Yeah. Like he's talking Security to some, control. exactly. Yeah. It was like he was a uh, Yellowstone fucking, yeah. you know. <laughs> I got fucking that guy wearing all black coming at me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was kind of like doing that and being able to pull that up on a map was a game changer. Be like, no, nah, no, we're we're just fine, dude. You need to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Um, but that makes a huge difference. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I wish that... I would have gotten a hold of that a little earlier, but that was, it was on X X and just like understanding that you need to, um, the time spent, you know? So these other guys from other States, recon starts in the living room. Yeah. Looking at a map or looking at a, at a satellite image. But then, you know, like I said, though, you look at guys in Wyoming and they're looking at deer running around all over the fucking place. It's not much different than OMAC. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I learned yeah. that a little later in life, too, because he was like, oh, let's go east of the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, hey, look at this. Yep. I remember I wanted to go with my grandpa before he passed away, um, and he still hasn't. So no. plenty of time. Plenty of time. Um, <laughs> but we went and uh, went on a hunt with muscle loaders. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm going to take you to a spot and we fucking drive out and. Um, all of a sudden we pull up and there's like 30 doe and a buck. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. Like these are, we can shoot any one of these, but I saw a buck and after six years and not shooting it, or I guess it was at that point, it was probably, it was probably about six years because I ended up shooting a couple there. Uh, uh, I see this freaking, uh, this buck. And I was like, I want that. And I'm, I gave up on the fawns or the does rather. Yeah. So they're walking around like crazy. And I was within probably 20 yards of one. Yeah. And I was like, nah. Pass. Yeah, I'll pass on it. And I shouldn't have. Uh, that was when I learned. Yeah. Never pass on Never anything. Never pass. Because the time I got a chance to finally shoot one because I couldn't find the buck. Yeah. The tip, my, uh, my, I don't know if I've told this on the podcast or not, but the uh, the post on the end of the barrel yeah. broke off. Oh, the front sight post. The front sight post broke off. Oh, shit. So it was just a little, like, little nub, and I was like, son of a bitch. Crap. And I, like, worked my way down this hill. My dad's up top kind of glassing and watching the whole thing unfold. I worked my way down this hill and um, using contours and stuff, and then I posted up. I was probably 20 or 20. 30 yards off this, this doe. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's snowing. Right. Yeah, so like yeah. it's just white everywhere. Yep. And there's this doe. And, uh, then I look and I'm like, Oh my God, the front sight post is broken. And I was like, okay, well just aim low and adjust for how high it was. Yeah. And a gun that's already inaccurate to begin with a gun that's inaccurate to begin with and a gun that I hadn't shot. Because no, I'm a hunter. No idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would you bother to do that? Because and it's a muzzle loader, right? Because yeah. I was like, yeah, ah, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. No big deal. You know, <laughs> I'm just fine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I shot low and just 
got that thing in the belly. Ooh. And it just it was fifty caliber ball. A fifty caliber. Uh, no, it was a sabot round. So okay. it was a fifty shaped. caliber, but it was shaped. Yeah. Um, and it it Ugh. gutted that thing. I felt so bad. <laughs> Jesus. But it didn't die. Yeah. Its guts just kind of flopped out. Yeah. And I was like, oh. and then it kind of trots off. Yeah. And I'm over there fucking trying to pack like I'm yep. fucking, you know, yep. in the Patriot, <laughs> trying to like. <laughs> Ripping it off with your teeth. <laughs> yeah, just getting it in there. And uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to do that. And finally, and this was after having multiple shots that didn't go off. Oh. Yeah, this is after like. Like just the putting day, The day on? prior. Yeah. The, the. Guns weren't working. No shit. Yeah, because we were using, like, the pellets of uh, powder. Okay. So, like, they're pre-measured pellets, and you yeah. drop those in. Uh, we were dropping two of those in and then putting a, a, that cloth in, the, the yep. bullet in on, on top of that. Um, and so that's how we were. And, again, not really knowing what the fuck we were doing and yep. probably doing something wrong and putting the cap in. And, yep. you know, and at that point, it was open breach. So like the elements could get to it, yep. Which sin- wet. since then has changed in Washington, where you're allowed to have closed breach, so yeah. it's completely encased. Okay. Um. So anyway, that that's changed in a couple other things, I'm sure. Um. But they they didn't work, and both me and my dad were posted up. We were like, we're gonna get two together. This is gonna be awesome. There's yeah. three standing in front of them. You go for less one. Yeah. I'll go for the center one. Ready? <laughs> one, two, clap. And we were like, what the fuck? And my dad was like, oh, and he got all pissed off. And then the fucking deer kind of go trotting off. And it's just like, yeah. but anyway, so I got that one. I hit it. It runs across this little valley and kind of posts up. And I'm over there trying to reload this yeah. thing. And there's a little red in the snow. So it's like, I know where it's going. So I start following it. And I'm like 50 yards behind this thing, just walking because I'm following it. And it's at it's walking off. It's not paying attention. It's just walking. Yeah. And then it beds down and I walk up and I'm like, again, I'm 20 yards behind it. It lays down. I aim. Boom. Complete miss. Cause I'm standing. Yeah. And like, again, trying to adjust for the hold. I held a little higher over to the top of it. Something. I don't know. Thing gets up, starts running at this point. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> And it's running, so I start fucking following it, yeah, reloading and kind of chasing it. And I'm like, well, you know, the, there's blood, and I'm just gonna yeah. find it bedded down somewhere else. And at this point, like, there's these little valleys over in eastern Washington oh, yeah. where it like kind of draw. It looks flat, but then when you get up to it, it was like these draws, draws, and drops yep. down. And I'm following that, and then all of a sudden, I see like the tracks and the blood go from like straight and pretty like consistent. Yeah. To like 10 foot to the left and 20 foot to the right Starting and like zigzagging. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is weird. And then I look and there's coyote prints oh, all over the yeah. place. And it ran down that draw yep. into the middle of bedded down coyotes. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked up in probably a quarter mile away to a half mile away. There's this fucking deer running and coyotes chasing it. And I was just like, yeah, that's private. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to let that be. It's, You're welcome, it's, coyotes. Yeah. So Eat well. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was the first time I realized, like, you really got to, A, shoot the first animal that's legal. Yeah. Uh, and B, Hit practice. Practice. Yeah. Practice. Yeah. You know? Um, 
Yeah, because then we just, my dad had bought a um, brand new uh, muzzle loader, yeah. and after that trip, just gave it to my grandpa. He's <laughs> like, "Fuck this." Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> You keep oh, this man. My dad man had one bullshit. of those for a long time. And I just remember him, like, every time he would shoot it, he'd have to bring it home and completely disassemble it and scrub it with, like, soap and water and shit. And it was like, this is not, it's not even fun. Such a good season, though. Is it? Oh, dude. Well, I mean. But you can take a bow during muzzleloader season, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, the advantages of archery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I remember looking, and this was, Fuck. This was probably 13 or 14 years ago. I was looking uh, at the tags at, or the tags bought in Washington and the amount of hunters versus success rate. Mm-hmm. And there was 135,000 modern, um, modern tags modern that were bought yeah. for modern rifle. There were... I want to say 30,000 archery tags and there were not, or was it 9,000 or 5,000 something, something in under 10,000 muzzle loader for the whole state. And the muzzle loader season is set up, I think a little bit more like the, the archery. Okay. It's a little longer, I think, um, than, than modern. Yeah. And there's way less fucking people. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of a sweet thing to keep in your back pocket for yeah. choosing tags, but it also limits you completely because you can't have scopes. You have to have at that point you had to have it open breech um, to your so you can get it wet and fuck no, up fuck your hole. No, I, I say take a bow. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So, but that's that's one one thing to look at is is setting that up i don't know we'll see yeah 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 yeah. um well we're running out of gas here a little bit per usual per usual at the uh hour and a half mark you know there's there's a lot of different things we could do um with this hunting stuff i'm pretty excited about yeah no this is going to be a good year um especially for me because it's really fun for me that nathan's all like he's all in yeah. And well, it's fun for all of us to watch it? him. Okay. Oh, that was a blast. And he's he's I'm also mad. that's the only reason I drove for a night. Yeah. Was to yeah, go out Jesus. and watch. I hope Nathan yeah. was able to get Shoot something. I, yep. I drove across the goddamn state. <laughs> and oh. it's it's also fun because at twelve years old he's unusually strong and has ridiculous endurance. So it's not like it's a drag to take him because yeah. he can he can hang. Well, and he wasn't really complaining. No, he, he started to a little bit the first day, and I shut it down pretty quick. Uh-huh. And he realized that, like, oh, I'm out here with the men, and they're not, nobody's going to, there's no, there's no mom to complain to who's going to rub my back and tell me it's okay. It's My dad's going to tell me, well, you got two options. Yeah. You can go back to the truck, and we'll see you in three days, or you can keep walking with us. Yeah, You decide. We're going to keep walking. I'll know. I will know when we get to camp if you decided to walk with us. If I don't see you, I'll know you're back at the truck. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's definitely some hatchet shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, and you know what? He had a great fucking time yeah. after that. He yeah. stopped complaining and started having fun. Yeah, well, you, you start to embrace the, the bullshit that is, yep. you know? Yep. And then that's kind of the fun part is, like, 
when something sucks so bad to look back and be like, that was so fun, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, you'll it was talk like, about it for the rest yeah, of your life. Remember yeah. how fucking stupid that was? Yeah. I'm sure he's was middle there. school telling his buddies, like, oh, no, my dad, I went hunting with Mike and Jordan and my dad, and it was 15 degrees outside when we woke up in the morning. There was ice on the inside of the tent, and it would fall on us, and we had to get outside and get the get the fire started and make our mountain mochas, and Mike was cooking steaks in the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's all this. He is still, t- in fact, last night he was talking about the steaks Mike cooked in the fire. So he's competition. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> he brings out the best of me. You, you got to get in there and, uh, uh, show him what's up. Yeah. That's fun. But yeah. all right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, one quick note. If you're enjoying the show, please go to either Spotify or Apple or whatever you're listening to this on and leave us a review because that is what helps proliferate the show out to potential new listeners. Jordan, Absolutely. You anything yeah. else you want to, uh, uh, follow us on Instagram, uh, the enlightened Neanderthals, uh, and yeah, leave leave us some messages of uh, some stuff you'd wanna wanna hear about, and um, if you have anything to say about hunting. Also, that there's there's a the guy um, out in Maui. He's got a a thing going. Uh, oh, Dukes. Dukes. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what is. I, I'd I'd like to talk to him about figuring out some way to record with us. Does he come to Washington? Can we he get does. him he on said, the show? Yeah, he said he does um, here and there, but we'll, we'll figure out something. It'd okay. be cool to have. Okay. Because he's a hunter. Or, and or maybe we can go to Maui and no hunt doubt. some that's hunt some deer. hogs and axis yeah. deer. That's that my dream. fucking rad. Yeah, maybe that's a something that, would be cool. that we could put in the works. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, uh, follow us. Uh, leave us some comments and uh, message me at what you'd want to hear us talk about. Yeah, we don't respond unless you send Jordan dick pics. That's so. not true. <laughs> That's not true. I respond to them all. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone.